This is the first day of this September, October, we call it the September. It's the first day of this uh, September, September 2022 seven-day session. <clears throat> and we'll be uh, reading from one of my favorite texts for Sashin, which is a book called In- Instant Zen, uh, Waking Up in the Present. It's, uh, it's uh, the teachings of uh, Zen master Foyan. <clears throat> uh, before I really get into this, uh, I'm learning that uh, there are ple- people who, in our Sangha who've read the Sangha email that went out last week about uh, this being my last full year in Rochester. People who have read that who haven't heard the Taisho that followed a couple days later. And uh, I really, I really implore you to hear the Taisho. There's so much more in the Taisho than in that letter. The letter just just gives the bare bones of the matter, and uh, I, I put uh, so much work into that Taisho, filling it out uh, and uh, taking on all different kinds of aspects of this big change. And uh, I'm talking, of course, about after Sashin. Uh, Sashin is not a time to talk about you know next month or next week or tomorrow. Sashin is we're going to be present. In Sashin, but uh, what are, if there are any any kind of discomfort you feel, uh, see if you can park that and until you heard the Taisho. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to start by reading a little biographical material about Foyan. This is uh, from good old Andy Ferguson's Zen's Chinese Heritage. Uh, the masters and their teachings. And these are the masters in this book. They're all, it's all biographical information about the uh, Tang dynasty and Sung dynasty masters. Foyan is a Sung dynasty. Sung dynasty began in roughly 1,000, the year 1,000. Foyan's, uh, uh, Foyan lived from the uh, 11th to 12th century. He was a disciple of Wu Zhu. And he says here in, in Andy Ferguson's uh, introduction that, that uh, Foyan is one of the three illustrious students of Wu Zhu who were known as the three Buddhas. I won't go off into who these other three were. I actually have barely heard of any of them, but each one of them has... Uh, the their name begins with Fo, F-O, which it says in the footnote means Buddha, Foyan. At the young age of 14, Foyan accepted the Buddhist precepts on a Tukjukai. And then he went on to study the sutras and uh, practice the tenets of the Vinaya. Vinaya is the 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 precepts, studying of monastic precepts. In the Lotus Sutra, he read a passage that said, 
It is the Dharma that cannot be discerned by thinking that can be attained. <clears throat> That's a complex sentence. Let me restructure it. Uh, what can be attained is the Dharma that cannot be discerned by thinking. This is before he got into Zen. He asked his Vinaya teacher for an explanation of the passage, but received no answer. Foyan sighed and said, Doctrinal study can't resolve the great matter of life and death. And that's when he realized the limitations of sutra study and uh, precept study. It says here, then he traveled south, that's in quotation marks. It was in the south of China that all the action was going on in the Tang Dynasty and Sung Dynasty. He traveled south and began training at the Dharma seat of a Zen master named Tai Ping. One day, <clears throat> as he was doing Takahatsu, that's uh, making the mendicancy rounds for alms, as he was doing Takahatsu during a rainstorm, he slipped and fell to the ground. And while he was in the mud, he overheard two men arguing fiercely nearby. One of them said, You're still defiling yourself. At these words, Foyan had an insight. Interesting, defiling. It's not what you'd expect to overhear in a raucous bar where two men are are, uh, having an argument. Uh, Defiling sort of... uh, is refers to what uh, Foyan had had studied in the precepts. <clears throat> so he had an insight. He returned to the temple to question his master about it, but the master would only say, "I'm not you. You can do it yourself." Or, "I don't understand. I can't compare to you." This merely increased Foyan's uncertainty, so he went to the head monk and tried to pose his question. These, uh, these monks, especially at the big monasteries, they actually had a closer relationship to the head monk than to the abbot. They would be, have much more frequent uh, contact with the head monk, and, be, uh, and the head monk would be more accessible than the abbot. So the head monk grabbed Foyan's ear and pulled him in a circle around the stove, saying, You already understand. Well, it seemed to be premature because Foyan said, I wanted you to help me. Why are you playing a game? The head monk said, Later you'll be enlightened, and then you'll know why today's song bends your ears. another kind of opaque cultural uh, idiom, colloquialism that is, I don't, I don't uh, know except just the general spirit of it. 
why today's teaching uh, falls on deaf ears. One cold night as he sat up alone. Let's not skip over that too quickly. One cold night as he sat up alone doing yaza. Foyan poked deep in the ashes of a dwindled fire and saw the embers flare up. He suddenly exclaimed, Poke deeply and you'll find it. Life is like this. There's another story from one of these books uh, of a a Tang dynasty master whose attendant, he told his attendant to, uh, um, in the morning, to get the fire going again, rekindle the fire. And the the attendant poked around and and, uh, said there's no fire there. And the master took the poker and he went in himself, poked in there, and he found a little ember still still glowing and he turned to the attendant and said is this not fire and then in that same that same that's the same anecdote <clears throat> uh, where he exclaimed poke deeply and you'll find it he then picked up and read some uh, texts about a former teacher. And then suddenly he penetrated the bottom of the stove. That's in quotation marks. He penetrated to the bottom of the stove. He then, he then compared a verse. In the forest of knives, a bird sings out. Forest of Knives. It may, I think it refers to one of the Buddhist hells. In popular Buddhism, there are these very different kinds of colorful, vivid depictions of hell. In the Forest of Knives, a bird sings out, wrapped in a cloak and sitting up late, poking the fire and awakening to ordinary life. The great gods are overturned and smashed. In the glistening world are the self-deluded. Who will sing a colorless song? Realized once, it is not forgotten. The gate is open, but few pass through it. Just let me... uh, Go back to a couple of these lines. Poking the fire and awakening to ordinary life. 
just this. Nothing exotic, extraordinary, as if there's some new rainbow of colors that come about through awakening. Who will sing a colorless song? Who can see without anything added what is? In the glistening world are the self-deluded. In this radiant world of light. This brilliant world are the self-deluded. Realized once it is not forgotten. How could that be forgotten? It's not a matter of learning. You can't forget what you never had to learn, but only what you discover. Here's another another one presented here. Foyan entered the hall. Of course, now he's a he's the master, and addressed the monks. Holding his staff upright, he said, Know with perfect clarity. It does not come from thought. If you had died, you can speak. Dive into the pit. Jump into the moat. After all, what is it? What is it? It does not come from thought. Don't waste your time in thoughts. And another time Foyan said, I say there are but two types of sickness. One is to ride a donkey to look for the donkey. The other is riding the donkey and not letting yourself get off of it. Of course, he's talking here about seeking for awakening when we're already awakened on the one hand. And the other is then, after awakening, not letting go of the experience. Don't you see that riding a donkey to find a donkey is a fatal disease? This old mountain monk is telling you, don't seek it. Clever people understand, understand right where they are. They give up the seeking disease and the crazy thought pursuing mind. Once you've seen the donkey, not allowing yourself to get off, now that is, is a disease that's most hard to cure. This old mountain monk is telling you, don't ride it. I mean, this can be puzzling to some people, don't seek it. And he's not the only master who we have a record of having said that and emphasized that, don't seek it. Meaning, don't grasp at the thought of enlightenment. 
when you're questioning a koan, there can be no grasping there. It's not even seeking. It's, it's just wondering. Wondering and seeking. Seeking, I think here, implies uh, an object out there that we imagine is somewhere separate from us in the future, and we're trying to get there. wondering that we want to do with a koan. He goes on, you are the donkey. The great earth is the donkey. How are you going to ride it? If you continue to ride it, you'll never cure this disease. If you don't ride it, then all the worlds in the ten directions are opened to you. If you can get rid of both of these diseases at once, and there's nothing left in your mind, and you're called a person of the way. What then could trouble you? Therefore, he continues, Zhao Zhou asked Nanshuan, what is the way? And Nanshuan answered, everyday mind is the way. Here's another passage from uh, this um, Zen's Chinese heritage. Foyan entered the hall and said, To realize the Dharma of all the sages, just recognize that their Dharma is none other than the Dharma of ordinary people. Completely understand that mundane and holy are not two different things. If you get to the bottom of enlightenment right now, then you've gotten to the bottom of all future delusion. If you get to the bottom of delusion right now, then you have reached the bottom of all future enlightenment. Completely understand that enlightenment and delusion are not two different things. Why should delusion go on being covered up? To awaken, to experience awakening, even to a small degree, is to be able to see one's delusions in a, in a wholly different way. How is that? We see them as essentially nothing. There's nothing there. Just habit energy. Habit energy, which is not a thing, it's, 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 it's flux. We could paraphrase, when he says, if you get to the bottom of enlightenment right now, then you've gotten to the bottom of all future delusion. You'd say, if you've seen the essence of enlightenment, then you've seen the essence of all delusion. Nothing. He goes on, so what is it that all enlightened ones have realized? It's that when you penetrate 
the words common, sacred, enlightenment, and delusion, then you clearly see the source. I dare to ask you all, what is the original person? Teachers and monks everywhere have said, where can the original person not be seen? Right now we can hear the original person in the falling rain. Foyan entered the hall. He nodded his head to the assembly. A monk came forward and said, Today I have encountered something. Foyan said, Don't speak foolishness. You realize in these, um, these stories of the masters and the monks that they had their share of these smart-ass monks who had come forward uh, where angels fear to tread and uh, toss out something to see how the master will respond. Foyan also said, every day all of, all of you every day all of you do a thousand or ten thousand things. There's nothing you don't try to do. So why is it you don't understand? It's because your faith isn't sufficient. If your faith were sufficient, then even if you did nothing, you'd arrive at it. If you don't give a thought to all the affairs of the world in the ten directions, then you realize it. And now he turns to speech. Every day you all say a thousand or ten thousand things. There's nothing you don't say. So why is it you don't yet understand? It's because your faith isn't sufficient. If your faith were sufficient, then you'll need say nothing at all. If you didn't give a thought to what has been said by all the Tathagatas of the three worlds, then you'd understand in a moment. If you didn't give a thought to what all the enlightened ones have said, you'd understand in a moment. There is something very distinctively Zen about that. It's not a matter of memorizing what the wise ones have said. It's giving not a thought to what they've said. This is why... I've always said, as Roshi Kaplow did before me, is that the best thing you could do after Teisho is to forget the Teisho. What you're, what you're ready to assimilate will be assimilated. You don't have to go chewing, chewing on what you remember from Teisho afterward. 
Then he goes on and says, Everyone, have you reached the field of which I speak? This gate of mine can only be spoken of in terms of authentic realization, not in terms of understanding. Here he's he's, uh, comparing understanding to realization. Uh, Usually we use them interchangeably, but here understanding would be uh, in the realm of knowledge. Uh, understanding with your uh, discursive mind. Not in terms of understanding. If it is to be for the sake of those who experience life and death, then it must be intimately realized. If you are someone who studies self and other, then you won't suffer ridicule. That is, if you really come to terms with this matter of the the ultimate non-duality of self and other, the emptiness of self and other. But if you go seeking some special understanding, looking for it in, in looking for it in form or words, then you will substitute form for the authentic seal. That is the the authentic experience. And then his final words. One day in the year 1120, Foyan finished eating, then sat upright in a cross-legged posture and addressed the disciples, saying, All of the ancient worthies, when they were about to leave the world, composed a verse. May I bid the world goodbye and just quietly go on. He then placed his hands, his palms together, and peacefully passed away. That's the end of our biographical material about Foyan, drawn from Zen's Chinese heritage. And now we'll turn to the primary text of these first two or three days of Sashin. Uh, instant Zen, Waking Up in the Present, translated by Thomas Cleary. This is a this is a letter in somewhere in the middle of the book. Uh, it's been uh, I got up to this point in a Taisho a couple years ago. This goes farther back since I read it. Those who claim to be Zen practitioners must trust in what people who know say before they will attain it. If you do not believe, you make all talk useless. If you just listen without believing to the talks of people who know, how can you be called Zen practitioners? I've learned over the years that uh, there's not a lot that's really heard of my Teishos the first two or three days of Sashin. It's quite humbling. There's too much noise in the mind still in the first half of Sashin. 
my words, anyone's words, a lot of them just ricochet off the listener's But in order to to become more receptive and to really hear, to really listen and hear what's being said, we have to go through this initial period, these first few days. And maybe every once in a while something sticks. Real Zen practitioners understand it all when the grass bends in the breeze, when dust rises in the wind. They discern immediately before any signals have occurred, before falling into trains of thought, before anything stirs. Only then can one be called a true Zen practitioner. Understand it all when the grass bends in the breeze, when dust rises in the wind. It is just seeing things as they are. Without the layers of thought. Direct experience. Sound of the rain. the waving of the trees in the wind. Nothing more. I'm skipping some paragraphs here that I think are not so useful in Taisho. And <clears throat> there's a little bit of a... He, he uh, offers a little bit of information, a little bit of uh, first-person information about his, uh, his own awakening. Now, this it's interesting. This, uh, this is not in the records that Andy Ferguson translated in the, the book we just read. But just, just a little bit here. Uh, it seems pretty important. When I first called on a certain teacher, that's probably that Wuzu, he taught me to contemplate this saying, what is the great meaning of the Dharma? And then that teacher answers, next to the city of the king of Chu, the river flows eastward. He also taught me to meditate on the saying, it's not the movement of the wind, nor the movement of the flag, but the movement of your mind. This is from a koan in the Mumonkan. Then when I left and went to call on teachers all over the land, I asked them questions. The ancients were wholly true to reality and the old teachers explained in countless ways, but I simply could not understand. Finally, I left to travel to eastern China, but halfway there I turned around and came back. Now I was told 
to contemplate the story. If you kill your parents, you repent before Buddha. If you kill Buddha, where do you repent? And to that, this, this is the, the koan continues, in response to that, Yunmen said, exposed. And then Foyan continues, this case is like a hot iron ball in the mind and I suffered all kinds of trouble for seven years. Those of you who have practiced Zen for a long time will know what I mean. This uh, is such a such a East Asian problem. The koan, this uh, it's so Confucian. If you kill your parents, you repent before Buddha. If you kill Buddha, where do you repent? <clears throat> and then he continues. Let me tell you another story. When Huai Dong started to practice Zen, he first saw Yunfeng. For three years, he could not understand what Yunfeng was talking about. Three years? Three years, not understanding what he was talking about. He also trained with Zen Master Nan, and after two years, still did not understand. Then he went to spend a summer retreat in a cloister, He read the story where someone asked Duo Fu, what is the bamboo grove of Duo Fu? He replied, one cane, two canes slanted. At this, Huai Dong finally opened up and awakened. Yeah, a lot of these, lot of these uh, awakening accounts, it does no good to ponder what why, what is it about the question or the koan uh, that caused that to happen? What, what caused it to happen was the readiness of the mind of the monk, the emptiness of the monk's mind. When the mind is empty, just about anything can open the mind, any sound, any words, The next uh, <clears throat> passage here, he begins, Association with good companions is a serious recommendation of the ancient sages. Let's just pause there. Asso- associating with others on the path. Associating with those who share one's same commitment to seeing beyond the self is is a big factor in uh, in, in progressing. 
we're so uh, we're so much uh, affected, influenced by people we associate with. It's important to really take this seriously. He goes on, students today should follow the words of the Buddha, the Buddhas and patriarchs by finding a teacher to attain discernment. Otherwise, how can you call yourselves students? In other words, work with a teacher. Don't think that you can do this by your own, by yourself, or they can do it as quickly by yourself. Need in this practice, any practice of the mind, we need someone uh, to uh, someone with 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 experience uh, to help guide us to point out where we're going wrong, which we we may, may very well not know. If you want to clarify this matter, you must arouse wonder and look into it. If you wonder deeply about this matter, transcendental knowledge will become manifest. Why? The task of the journey just requires the sense of doubt to cease. But if you do not actively wonder, how can the sense of doubt cease? Well, I think we could... These are quite similar. Doubt doubt in Zen, of course, means question. But I think even better than question is wonder. The wonder <clears throat> has a an openness to it. It's even more so than questioning. <clears throat> questioning can be um, still not as open <laughs> as wondering. Wondering suggests just a sincerity that is even beyond the word questioning. And then he talks about his own teacher. He doesn't say who it is, but we were told earlier that he, he trained under Wuzu. My teacher was 35 years old before he became a monk. It's very late uh, in those days. He stayed in the city of Chengdu to listen to lectures on, and then he gives a title, The Hundred Phenomena as Only Representation. There he heard a saying of how when a Buddhist enters the path of insight, knowledge and principle merge, environment and mind join, and there is no distinction between that which realizes and that which is realized subject and object are one subject and object disappear he says a hindu challenged the buddhists if there is no distinction between what what, what realizes and what is realized what is used as proof no one could answer this challenge so the buddhists were declared the losers in debate Later, the Buddhist master of Tang came to the rescue of the doctrine. And this is what he said. When knowledge and principle merge, environment and mind unite, it is like when drinking water 
one spontaneously knows whether it is cool or warm. Direct experience. Someone still might then ask, well, what, what is used as proof? What the, what the, that that's the Hindu's question. What is used as proof? And it's not a bad question because uh, there are so many uh, wonderful experiences that can masquerade as awakening. We can be deceived into thinking a, a some kind of peak experience is awakening. Well, that's where the teacher comes in, where the teacher... Uh, has a battery of questions uh, to help the student discern whether she or he has, whether it's genuine, a genuine uh, entering the first gate, a breakthrough, or whether uh, it's something else. This is quite a famous uh, statement. It is like when drinking water, one spontaneously knows whether it is cool or warm. Distinction of the Zen school of Buddhism. Direct experience. First Nen. The word, Japanese word Nen, this is so exceedingly difficult to translate into English. Uh, basically, it means the, the 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 first the first direct experience of hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, touching, or thinking, or thinking. Thinking is the sixth sense in Buddhism. A thought, so a thought comes up. There's that. There's that's the first nan. A thought comes up. Uh, what? Uh, Tomorrow, the thought of tomorrow. That's, that's not going to do any, any, it's not going to be a problem if we don't weave more thoughts onto that successive nan. And certainly just a sound, a pure, a pure sound, just a, that's the first nan. Second nan is any number of thoughts. Uh, the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh nan are the train of thoughts that one can um, board uh, after the original first nen. Sound, smell, taste, sight. Zen Master Lin Chi said, just learn to cut off successive nen and it is worth more than 10 years of pilgrimage. Let's uh, stop now and uh, recite the four vows.